Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We are right here at Bellevue Square Center Court every Thursday. We got a good crowd right here. How y'all yeah, doing do. today? Yeah. There we go. We are live. We are hyped. Something tells me they're waiting for Uncle Will. We got Tyler Lockett that's going to hop on the line real quick. But you know who we're playing this week, Paul Moyer? I do. We the played Arizona them a couple weeks ago. Arizona Cardinals played them a couple weeks ago. They, uh, Hawks won the game 19-9. to But both teams look a bit different right now. Let me just give you the, the teams and how they look on paper. Okay? Total offense, the Cardinals are ranked 14th. The Hawks are ranked 12th. When it comes to running the football, the Hawks are ranked 12th, and the Cardinals are ranked 17th. When it comes to throwing the rock, the Hawks are ranked 18th, the Cardinals are ranked 13th, and when it comes to scoring points, the Hawks are ranked 4th, and the Cardinals are ranked 15th. When you look at those numbers, you feel like this is going to be a tight game. But you know what? Numbers lie to you sometimes. (laughs) Numbers lie because I turn on the film and I see the way the Hawks are playing and I see this defense they are playing at a high level. We see Geno Smith, who is in MVP consideration, which is crazy right now. He's playing at a high level. And then we look at special teams because there was a while where special teams was giving up touchdowns, giving up field position. That's not what's going down right now. So now let's go over to the defense. Overall defense, total defense. The Hawks are ranked 27th. That's a lie right now. The last three games are giving up 15 points. Right now, they're, they're saying they're giving up about 24 points. But you know what's great? The Cardinals are giving up 26.3 points per game. You know what the Hawks are scoring? Hmm. 26.3 points per game. So what you're <laughs> telling me, Paul Moyer, is that chalk it up. We're about to get 27, 28 points, and we should be good to go. But if you guys don't know anything about Paul Moyer, he's going to do his own research. He's going to dive deep into the numbers. He's going to text me like at 1130 and say, bum, look, this is what I found. I'm going to say, man, my wife thinks a girl is texting me right now. you got to hit me in the morning. So what, what, are you, what are you seeing right now, Paul Moyer? Well, first of all, it's, it's always a tough game when you play a divisional opponent, you know, a couple weeks apart. And, you know, Arizona, they're the biggest head-scratching team in the league to me. They have talent all over the place. And, and before I even go down there, so after watching us play the Giants, I go, okay, sometimes it's a play here, a play there. Um, I'm looking at statistically, we, weren't, we held them to 225 yards, so we did some really good things defensively. But I think we were right around 300, a little, maybe even under 300 yards in total, total offense. So, you know, you're looking at some of those statistics. No, we're, we're a good football team. We, we are good. And it, it, it actually kind of shocked me. I started watching. I go, okay, we really understand defensive concepts now in the run game. Wow, we really understand the pass, you know, concepts as well. I can't tell if it's man, if it's zone. We're, when we're bringing heat, are we getting it with four people? Um, we're really sound right now. Somebody's going to have to play well to beat us. So now I look at offensively and I go, you know, is it just Geno? You know, is it the protection? I no, we're, we're a really good team. So the, the one touchdown uh, we, we talked about, uh, I think, when K-9 um, uh, hit that big long run, and all 11 guys on that team did their part, from the quarterback to the running back to the wide receivers to the tight end to how they cut people off to how they went to the next level. Man, that's so rare. I, you almost never see 11 guys play a perfect play. We're actually playing perfect play. So 
look, I'm not saying we're a great team yet because we still have a lot of young guys that are learning. We're getting into the second half of the season. There's a thing called rookie burnout, and we got a lot <laughs> of rookies playing right now. But I, there's something about them that is special. The other thing is now you got a bunch of young guys from Geno Smith. Not not that many starting games. It's a lot of rookies. Teams start to see they have enough sample size to start making adjustments. How do we make the adjustments? That's why this game is so important. It's a divisional game, second time we play. We win this game on the road, we got something special going on. So back to my perplexion of Arizona. Man, they're a good team. They got a lot of great players, but I just don't know what they're doing. You know, I watch them offensively. The, the game has to be north and south. You got to be a great. You got to push the ball downfield. You got to run the ball. They're to sideline to sideline. You know, they don't really run the ball. I'm watching their offensive linemen. They're on their tippy toes all the time. They're on their heels and pass protection. Now they're dangerous because you got grandkids. Because you said tippy toes. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. sorry. Well, I do have grandkids. Kid, but I'm waiting for kids <laughs> soon. But they're, they're, they're dangerous, they're talented. I mean, Kyler Murray's really talented, but he's got a lot of inefficiencies, and we got to take advantage of that. I look again at their, their running game. We'll see if Connors plays. That, that would change, uh, I think, the perplexion of what we did last time. you got Hopkins, who's definitely going to change. they got their starting center back. That's going to change. So we're going to have to play a great game to, to win this on the road. But they're just a head-scratcher because they're always trying to scheme. You know, they're trying to win with gimmicks and, and mirrors, you know, what, that, yeah, what, mirrors? What's the one? Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Thank you. I forgot <laughs> the smoke part. And so there's a lot of inconsistency in their game, but that's why they're so dangerous in this one. They'll probably make a huge game, day, a game adjustment. You know, the thing that Pete talks about, and I, I think Tyler Lockett talked about as well, is whenever they play a team the second time, they start all over. Say, forget that last game. We're going to have a completely new game plan from what we've seen. So, um, big game. But I'm, I'm excited about it. I think we're playing better than they are. But this is a dangerous, dangerous opponent. They're a dangerous team because of the things that you mentioned. Tyler Lockett, when he gets outside of the pocket, that's where he is most dangerous. Why? Because you get outside the pocket, he's allowed to keep his eyes down the field, and he can make things happen. Me, personally, I want him to have to step up inside the pocket and have to deal with Jordan Brooks, have to deal with Cody Barton, and get eyes on him at all times. Let's not forget, DeAndre Hopkins is back. Uh, He is one of the best receivers to play the game. Now, I'm not saying that these guys can't handle him, but I'm saying that you don't fear your opponent, you respect your opponent. So you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Rondell Moore, and they have a weapon that they haven't really used yet and Robbie Anderson. He's played seven snaps one game, 12 snaps the second game. I'm reading articles. Kyler Murray saying, look, he's not playing because he can't really handle the playbook right now. They feel really good about what he can do this week. So now you have another weapon to prepare for. The Cardinals are at their best when they are playing backyard football. Kyler Murray is at his best when he is outside the pocket and he is directing. Scramble drill, you're a safety. A scramble drill where you have concepts going, right? You got speed outs by the outside guys. You got scenes by the slots. You got your running back running a spot. When all that breaks down and they're just doing this and now it breaks every rule that you're taught as a guy on the defensive side of the ball, I think that is tough to cover and that's what they're best at. Well, and we got to make sure that doesn't happen. So let me throw some statistics at you. Um, Kyler Murray, and there's no question. I mean, he's gifted. He's five foot ten, nothing. But they're trying to make him a pocket passer. And so here's some interesting things. When he's under pressure, he completes forty percent of his passes. 
He completes uh, it's 3.4 yards per attempt, and his quarterback rating is 30. Thir- I, I, I've never seen something that low before. Is 30 good? Not, not good. Uh, <laughs> 30's not bad if you're 61 and you want to go back to be 30 years of age, but a quarterback rating, that's not good. Um, passes 20 yards or more. He's completing 27% of those, and his quarterback rating is 25. He has four interceptions. So 30's not good, so 25 isn't good. 25's even worse, okay. by the way. Just checking, um, but so you guys know. One touchdown, four interceptions. They're not, so you talked about him getting outside the pocket. They do play action and, and try to get him outside the pocket 19% of the time. When they do that, his quarterback rating is 104. Not bad. His, his completion percentage is 72%. But they only do it 19% of the time. When he's in gun, by the way, he's never under center. He's always in a shotgun or, or back about five, six yards from the center. They, they shotgun the, the, the snap to him, and he drifts back to about 11 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So when he's uh, not play action, and his numbers are 65% completion uh, percentage, and his quarterback rating is 80. By the way, if you have a quarterback rating of 80, you're looking to be replaced. 80% of his passes, his quarterback rating is 80. I don't understand what they're doing. To me, that's just a, a head coach who's came from college said, I'm going to bring this college offense, and I am going to force it no matter what. And I'm like, but statistically, what are you doing? Why would you do this to this kid? That's not his strengths. So, great. I hope they continue to do that. I hope they play action about 18% of the time uh, on Sunday, and they drop back. Because the one thing, if we can get pressure with four guys and collapse the pocket, I already said he completes 40% of his passes, quarterback rating a 30. I like our chances. I like our chances, too. Now, I'm going to touch on the defense a little bit, the Cardinals defense. What the Cardinals are going to do, they're going to run that 3-4 just like the Hawks do. What you guys are going to see, all right, and when you see this, you think about me and you say, man, that Michael Bumpus knows what he's talking about, all right? Mm. This is what he's going to do. They're going to walk down. They're going to show an all-out blitz. They're going to show no one on that second level, then they'll drop two. Then they'll drop one. Then they'll send two. Then they'll send one. That's what hurt the previous quarterback the last time we played them is that visually, when you walk up to the line of scrimmage and you are under center or you are in a shotgun, you see nothing but pressure at you. All right, You have to now take the snap and diagnose what's going on. you got to take 1.5 or 2 seconds to see what is happening there and trust your eyes. So this is going to be one of the biggest tests for me with Gino to see how disciplined he is and how patient he is Pretty when reading what the pressure is going to look like. The Arizona Cardinals blitz. 37% of the time, that is second in the NFL. All right, so expect pressure at all times, whether it's first down, second down, third, doesn't matter. They're going to show pressure, and they're going to bring pressure a lot of the time. So now I'm looking to see, all right, Gino. Gino's had a great season. I'm behind him. I'm behind him. I believe in him. I bought stock, and it's rising for your boy right now. All right, I'm going to be a rich man at the end of this year because I bought stock in Gino. But now, can he handle this different type of look? He'll see the most pressure he's seen all year. Well, he handled it the first time, and to me, it's gimmicky. They have talent on defense. What they are, they're not very good is is rushing with four guys and putting pressure. So they, they, there was a play. It was third down and one, and they walked two of their backers up in the gaps. They're standing straight up. It's third and one. Why would you stand straight up in a gap? That we just knocked them off. I mean, all of a sudden I see Gino, he audibles, we hit a big run. We're down in the goal line, the one with K9, where he ended up breaking it to the left uh, uh, pylon for the touchdown. Same thing. It's, it's gimmicky. The, the problem with gimmicks is it can work at times. But 
I'm just saying, look, great. We'll just run right at you. We'll put two, three tight ends. You guys, they're, they're undersized. They're fast. They're not real physical. They're talented. Ah, man, it's a tough game. It's a dangerous game. But if we just play our game, I think Gino's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He handles that pressure better than anybody. Um, I think he's going to have a big day. I believe. Yep. Come on now. Let's get it done. Yeah. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District tonight. They're giving away gift cards to Sweet Restaurant Lounge, Duke Seafood, Ascend Prime Steak and Sushi, Daniel's Boiler, and Fogo de Chao. All right, you guys get your raffles in and be a part of this whole thing. Coming up next, we're going to get on the phone line with wide receiver Tyler Lockett. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court every Thursday from 7 to 9 live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live presented by Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bones with Paul Moyer. We're right here at Bellevue Square Center Court every Thursday at 7 p.m. We are here and now we got the guy with us, Tyler Lockett. He Tyler, is the guy. How you doing now. today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing? Hey, we are doing well. Thank you for joining us. I know it's late. It's a Thursday. I'm sure you got a lot of things to do, but you are here with us, and the people here appreciate it, man. Uh, just, just tell me, like, what the confidence of this team is, man, because we know going into the season there's been a lot of doubters. No one here doubted you, and uh, you guys have been doing your thing, man. What's the vibe of this team right now? Oh, man, I think the vibe is tremendous. Biggest thing is from the outside. So, I mean, you don't have expectations. It's easy to just be able to go out there and play free and just being able to give each other the growth and through the learning experience. And so I think we've done a really great job with that. And I think you can just tell, like, how energetic this team is as well. Tyler, what's it like? I mean, this is a bit of a transition, right? I mean, I don't want to say it's a it's a reboot or anything, but it is a transition, especially when you lose some leaders. And now you are the leader. What, what was that like just coming into this season? And obviously no Russ, no Bobby. Um, how big of a difference was that for you coming into this year? Well, I mean, it's a huge difference because we lost um, two really great leaders, two really great friends, and two people that we been able to have inside of our building. And so just being able to lose those two, you know, the biggest thing we had to be able to learn how to adjust the transition wasn't easy. You know, we had to continue to try to develop chemistry um, on the field, develop chemistry off the field with each and every one of our players because even defensively we changed into a new system. And so for us offensively, we were still learning this new system that we first started last year. So the more and more that we continue to buy in, the more and more we continue to learn. Like, I think everybody did a great job just being able to put everything into it that we could with people coming in for OTAs. Like, some of us came in later um, with just the mindset and focus we had in camp. Like, we competed day in and day out. And the more and more we understand a system, the better and better we start to become. Tyler, I look at you on film and uh, you're like wine, man. You're getting better with time. <laughs> I'm a receiver myself, so I see the things that you do to, to gain leverage, to move DBs and safeties off of their point. Um, is there something that you do during the offseason to, to critique yourself or analyze your game that you feel like has helped you continue to get better as the years go on? 
I mean, I think a lot of it is just my approach to the way that I scout teams, the way that I scout my opponent, the way I try to um, figure out, like, how do I want to attack them? Do I want to use their weaknesses? Like, a lot of that just goes into um, my preparation of just how to play and then just learn how to be able to have, like, a, a higher IQ the more and more that I play allows me to be able to know how and when to attack certain defenders. Also, being on the same page with, with Gino, being on the same page with some of the other receivers, just having those conversations. Because at the end of the day, like, football starts to become more mental than it does physical. Because if you can learn how to set people up in your head and your body's able to do it as well, you can create a whole bunch of separation when you already know how to attack your opponent mentally and having to go out there and try to do it physically all the time. Well, you just meant to mention the mental part. And look, there, there's obviously, look, we don't see you drop many passes. And I'm going to say you didn't drop it. I'm going to blame that on your face mask. It wasn't, didn't hit your hands. Um, you had that fumble. And look, you're an established guy now, right? I mean, you're a veteran. You're a leader. But take me back on the mental part. What if that was your rookie year? Would you have handled that different than you were today? Uh, I mean, I think I would differently because when we played my senior year, I dropped a pass in the end zone and I put my hands up similar to this game on Sunday. And I did. The ball was up in the air and it turned into a touchdown. And I remember only trying in that game, pressing too hard. And after that game, when I got back ready to start next team, I told myself that that could either break me. And so, I mean, then when I came into the NFL, I had a game, I think, when we played against the Dolphins, I dropped two passes in the first game. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like after that game, you know, this moment can make me or break me. And I decided not to let it break. And you played the Rams the next game. And I had like a really good game, but that's when I ended up hurting my knee in the game of the year. And so for me, it's learning how to like deal with situations and circumstances. I've anything happen or failure cross with. Like sometimes the best teacher, you know, like. And so for me, just and to learn from some of my failures and some of my past drops, like all those things allow me to see like where am I really at? Well, being able to turn it around or how fast through everything going on. Um, in the fourth quarter when I scored a touchdown, a great goal by Gino as well, but some people don't get a chance to overcome it in the same game. They got to be able to wait and take it to the next game. And so the mental aspect is very important. Well, I think that's really, I mean, to me, it's so impressive. I mean, Bump and I, we both played, you know, with the Seahawks. And, man, I, I struggle if I had a bad first half. You know, it, it's easy sometimes to have a great first half and come back from that. But, you know, that's, I think, you know, what makes you such a great leader, your humility, the, the mental part of it. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a question now about Geno Smith. Um, you know, Geno, look, I think he's a surprise for all of us. I mean, I, maybe some thought he was going to be a great quarterback, but to play the way he is right now, what has surprised you the most coming into this season for Geno? Uh, 
You know, we're actually going to get back to Tyler Lockett. He's going to we're going to try to get that connection a bit more better, as my high school coach would say. And um, when we look at Tyler Lockett, he just hit 30. And I watch him move on film. He's he nice. he doesn't look like he's 30. He talked about understanding how to set up their his routes and understanding the defense and what he's looking at. And I think that he's a, a testament to as a receiver when you line up. At least I teach my guys what we do. We find the safeties, one high, two high. All right, that breaks things down. And then you look at the linebackers, what's their leverage? Then you look at the corners, what's their leverage? And now you have a, an understanding of how to diagnose what's going on. And what I like about what Gino does, he, get, he gets those guys out the huddle with 20 seconds on the clock. So I got 20 seconds to look at the defense and figure out what's going on and then communicate with my quarterback. So I think that him and Gino are on the same page and they're both allowing themselves to diagnose this defense so they understand how to attack it. Yeah, I, I mean, again, hopefully we get Tyler back on because I think some of that that um, relationship uh, with him, th- th- those two together, is so impressive. You mentioned he'll get him out of the, the huddle quick, but Gina will take that down to three, four seconds. Yep. Um, there's other quarterbacks I know in the past that will, you know, they'll take a delay a game. They're not quite quick enough to, to actually get the ball snapped. But he allows that defense, because look, defenses are trying to disguise too, right? I mean, they're not dumb. They're, they're, they're paid to make plays. And, you know, my job, is, you know, when I play defense was to try to disguise it to the last second. So go ahead, Bump. All right. I think we got Tyler back on. Tyler, you there? Yep, I'm here. All right, cool, man. Thanks for connecting back with us. I'm sure the people here appreciate that, well, we, man. G- g- let's give it up for Tyler, by the way. We, we got a big crowd for you. A minute. All right, man, we got about a couple minutes left. And, um, man, what I wanted to ask you is, I mean, wh- how, how do you feel about this offense? Because it's, um, it's been refreshing to see an offense kind of be on time and spread the football around. I know you're one of the most humble people that I've ever had a, a chance to cover. What is it like getting, a, getting in the huddle and knowing that, man, anybody can get it right now, to tight ends, to running backs, to DK, to you? How does it feel to be in an offense that's spread out? Well, I think it's pretty cool. I think the biggest thing from it is just the fact that variety that we have, the better it is for everybody. We could be able to put tight ends wherever we want, running backs wherever we want, receivers, and it kind of puts a hold on a lot of defenses because they don't always know what coverage is to play or how to how to guard us because there's times I'm in the backfield, there's times Ken might be at receiver, there's times that tight ends could be in the backfield and so we can be creative as we want as long as we all understand the scheme and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So it's actually pretty cool just the the more and more that how we see our offense flourishing. All right, Tyler, man, we appreciate you hopping back on the line with us. We know you have a big week this weekend going to Arizona to get it done. Number 16, Tyler Lockett, man, we appreciate you. Uh, No problem. Y'all have a good rest of the day. All right. That was Tyler Lockett, the record-setting Tyler Lockett at that. He's the – look, Pete Carroll said he's the best wide receiver he's ever coached. He's the best. And Pete – I mean, that's, that says something, man. I mean, I, I played with Steve Largent, and uh, he was pretty impressive. But I, uh, Tyler, the, the humility of how hard he works and what he's accomplished, man, I got to put him right up there. Yep. Hey, and he's under six foot. Big yep. up some under six foot receivers. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Okay, when we return, we will go around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live.
Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we are right here on 710 Seattle Sports at Bellevue Square Center Court. We got a good crowd right here. Thank you, ladies, for stopping by. You look like you just got done <laughs> shopping. We got some youngsters in the front. Hopefully we go long enough so where you don't got to go to school tomorrow, okay? We're going to do that for you, all right? But uh, let, let's talk some football right now, man. The, the NFL trade deadline just went down, yeah. and there was a lot of movement going on. One of the best moves that I thought happened um, was to a team that no one's really thinking about was the Chicago Bears. I thought them picking up Chase Claypool was huge. And that move, Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears, told me that they believe in Justin Fields. Now, the Chicago Bears are one of the best rushing teams in the league. When you add a quarter, uh, excuse me, a receiver that lets you know that, look, they believe in Justin Fields. You shaking your head? I, I don't know you why they do. shaking your head? I don't know why they do. They believe in Justin Fields. I, I said, I don't know why they do. You don't? Why not? I, why not? Come on, He ain't got man. no help. He has look, no help. Look, he ain't I, got no help. I'm not saying I get, I get that. I mean, he's got a bad offensive line. Even when he's had time, I mean, look, I, it's not that he's not capable. I just, man, I, I just don't see it, man. I, that's all you I'm saying. And, you know, and again, you the, see it. I, that's just my opinion. That's your, and you know what? You know what's great about this country? Yeah. You're allowed it. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Depends on who you talk not to. Not on social media. Um, <laughs> no, I, look, I, it, it's interesting to me. And maybe, look, I, I'm a big believer in that, look, the franchises know way more than we do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Geno Smith's a perfect example. Pete was telling everybody all through OTAs, through camp, and we're all going, yeah. I didn't believe him. Well, I, I, I didn't think he was a bad quarterback. I just didn't know he was going to be what he is today. Yeah. And I cannot believe, look, he's turned out to be one of my favorite players of all time. <laughs> and partly is he's so good at being the quarterback. He's so smart in what he's doing. And it's just been a long time since I've seen a quarterback here run an offense. You know, I've seen a guy make big plays, but I mean truly run an offense. Boom. Here's the game plan. Here's how you check. Here's the open receiver. Make sure you hit that guy. Um, and we're seeing all that from Gino, and it's so impressive. And I think Pete, you know, said it today after practices. I just can't believe it. this guy does it every day. Every it's day. not on Sundays. It's every single day. Um, and I, I will say this about the trade deadline. It's probably the most activity I can remember. There used oh, wow. to be no trades back in the day. Yeah. I mean, there was like, no, nope, not doing it. And, and partly because it's like any other sport in that, you know, basketball is a one-on-one sport. I can plug a guy in and say, throwing you the ball, beat that guy. Baseball, right. you're going up against a hitter, pitcher. Football, look, you've got to be a team player. You've got to know the defense, your offense. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So it's hard to bring a guy in right away and plug him in. So you don't want to give up too much draft capital and money for it. Um, so what was your biggest winner? My biggest winner, I think. Was that it? It's not your biggest. No, the biggest winner was the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Because they, they got Chubb. They picked up Bradley Chubb. Yeah, no, I mean, that's. And you're looking at this offense, one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. Tua is doing his thing. He has two weapons on the outside and Tyreek and Waller. You got Jasicki at the at the QB spot. And then they bring in Jeff Wilson at the running back yep. spot. They pretty much flipped that Trey Lance deal into about three or four picks. So good job by that. Um, Were you shocked that Denver did that? 
I was shocked because I felt they have one of the best defenses in the league it's, right it's, now. It's a, it's a Super Bowl defense. Super Bowl defense. You just got to have a average offense. They ain't got that right They're now. one of the worst offenses in the league. One of the worst in the league, and that's what we need. All right, not because we're hating on Russell. No, no, no. We like we like. You can Russell. hate on him a little bit, right? No, no, because no, no, he's not no, here. no. Russell's going to be in the ring. No, no. We, we we're all okay, like okay, we're okay, okay. But when he runs out the tunnel, you're not going to cheer from. All I I'm didn't saying say is that. that. All I'm saying is that I don't mind seeing him play bad because no. that means that we get their first round pick, right. and if they give us a top five pick, all is well. And then next year. I'll have a little more love. You're all good. Okay? It's a competitive spirit in me. That's all it is, Moyer. I think the clear winner of this, uh, the trade deadline, it's, to me it's not even close. I can't believe no one's even talking about it. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Denver gave rid of Chubb. Are you kidding me? They've just tanked the season. They said, you know what? We don't care. We don't have a first round, a second round pick anyways. We're going to grab some draft capital because we got to get something down the road. So if we get a top 10 pick to the Seattle, what do we care? They're in the NFC. The Seattle didn't even have to do anything. And we won. This is awesome. <laughs> I thought it was one of the great non-trade trades of all time for Seattle. I agree. We're going to get a top 10 I pick. I agree because you didn't want to give away draft capital. No. Because we saw what they did this year with all the picks that they had. The year before, they had, what, two or three picks. Now, I feel like... John Schneider and Pete Carroll are in a zone right now. They're in a zone to where the evaluations are on married point. married a while, man. They're right? on the same page. Hey, they're on, hey, they're on page 15. Yeah, they are. They're both on page 15. Yeah. What, what is page 15? I don't know. It's a good page, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. They're on the same page. <laughs> on the Whatever same page. Whatever page it is, they are on. They got six rookies playing for you right now. Now, I don't, I don't expect every year to have this type of production from the rookies, but what this does do is that it allows you – to miss every now and then on this next draft. And now you have more opportunities to hit rather than miss on this next draft. So, me, I agree with you. I think they had a, a, a great trade deadline because they did absolutely nothing. They got rid of Sidney Jones. They opened up about 680000 um, worth of, uh, of, of cap space. So, they are planning for the future but being competitive in the present. What would you have traded for if they were to do something? Is there, is there a position that you said... Eh, we could have used that. And I don't mean a superstar, but maybe just something uh, to help out. When I look at this team, there's no position to where I'm like, you need a guy at that spot. Any move would have been a depth position. Yeah. And the only spot, a couple spots to look at when you need some depth is maybe a running back because yeah. of what happened with Rashad, and then maybe a safety because of what happened with Jamal. And then and you can safety. look at the LB spot and say, all right, we need a guy just in case one of those guys go down. Because uh, this is football and guys get banged up. Is there a position that you would have looked at? Somebody asked me, actually, I think it was uh, Dave Wyman and, and Bob uh, Selton asked me today, uh, what about running back? And, and what does that mean for the Seahawks that they didn't try to add some depth there? And I said, well, what it means is they really believe in DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Right. And they've earned that right. I mean, we have depth. Now, look, I mean, K9 is special. You know, if he, well, I'm not even going down, I'm not even going to touch it. I am going to say the word. Um, we've got depth. We've got, I mean, DJ Dallas, his preseason was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so we have guys, and they're spelling them. I mean, you see Travis Homer came in last week, and, you know, he got to obviously to start playing again. And he's a great third down back, and he's really good at, you know, pass protection. DJ Dallas is a tough runner. He gives, you know, a different element. I think we have the depth. I, I get where I go, what are you going to do? You're looking for another starting running back? Like, uh, Keen? 
I, that was my only thing. I go, I'm not willing to give up anything at that point. No. And we have so many tight ends and wide receivers. It, it, if we get an injury bug, I, I just see Shane Waldron saying, okay, we'll just shift the game plan over here. Right. And, the, and the beauty is that what we've seen is Geno Smith will take what do you want to take away? I'm going there. If I got to have the tight ends be the number one target, they're going to be it. If it's going to be our wide receivers, you know, DK and Tyler, we'll do that. And I, I did hear Pete say something that really got me excited. He said, the one thing that we're missing with K-9, and you're going to probably start to see it, we start Screens. seeing him start getting him the ball out of the backfield. And that got me excited. What do you mean the ball at the backfield? Well, so in other words, we're not handing the ball. We're going to get him in the passing game. Swing, maybe maybe an angle route. I don't care. Get him in open space one-on-one with people. And uh, I don't be surprised if you see some of that. I, by the way, I don't know the game plan. I haven't been to a practice. (laughs) I just heard Pete talk about it. Yeah. And you know what? I love, I love, I love what the game plan is going to be going forward. Because that's the missing part is that getting him the football in space, and I think I heard you say that last week. Get him the football in space. We've seen what he can do when guys are in the box. We've seen him make guys miss. I want you guys to go across the NFL and find a guy who's shifter than Ken Walker. Oh, I'm not you. saying he's the best running back or the best athlete in the league, but find a guy who is as shifty as Ken Walker. He's a rookie. I can't give him that love. But you don't think who's shifter than Ken Walker no, no, right now? I said he's a rookie, so I can't give him man, that. Man, give love. him that love, man. But if this was his Stop. second year, I would say <laughs> there is no one better. I mean, I've ta- you look, you know how much I like him. I he has the. I've never seen a running back in Seahawk history that has a guy that can actually get up into a hole, pop back, get around the corner when there's a defensive back corner in perfect position to tackle him, and he doesn't even touch him. He runs around him. So he's got the quickness, the speed, and the toughness, um, but he's a rookie, so I can't give it to him. He's a rook. I love Mr. Rookies, though. That's yep. just me. That's my guy, Paul. I'm Michael Bumpus. This is Hawks Live. When we return, we are going to holla at Uncle Will Disley. That's coming up next.